Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleash, going beyond borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapByZakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. Welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. In our show, another interview, it's always good to connect with people across the world. And it's good to basically, I connected, well, I think Natasha, my guest, connected with me first, but I can't remember how. But anyway, it is Facebook, but we'll, uh, hey, some <laughs> connections happen when they happen. But uh, as I say, I've got, um, it's good to interview and be on the podcast, good to chat to people and get to hear stories and get to inspire people, uh, bringing people's brands or people just a connection to Scotland uh, if they've never had that before. So that's the reason. So I want to, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, chat too much and it's also good to have support from people who do support the podcast but i'm going to welcome my guest natasha jones uh welcome to the ramsey unleashed going beyond borders podcast how are you doing good thank you so much for having me i'm glad to be here so let's talk about who is natasha jones who is who are you and let's talk about let's tell us i usually do a sort of the start of your life but let's talk about what does you actually do now what is it who is if somebody was to pick up the phone and say I want to use some of your services for whatever you do. What is it you do? Right now, I'm currently a self-discovery coach and relationship coach. I'm also a graphic designer, and I'm also uh, a ghostwriter. I help write, bring people's books to life, okay? They don't know how to put words together. So I'm the person behind the, the scenes working to make sure that they get, you know, the proper deliverance that they need. Uh, and I'm also uh, working in the medical field as well. So uh, first responder as a nurse taking care of, you know, the people that need to be taken care of during this COVID pandemic that we're in. That's good. Brilliant. So how long have you been doing the first responder job? Since 2006. I've been doing it, uh, what, 16 years? Wow. That's good. Where are you, uh, where are you based about? In Alabama. I am I no am. near Mobile, Alabama. You ever heard of Mobile, yeah. Alabama? That's I, where I'm at. I've heard of Mobile, Alabama, but Alabama is a lot of people yeah. have heard of Alabama, <laughs> so that's good. And uh, my so being so you first responder as physically in the ambulance or on the phone or emergency room. In the emergency, oh, oh wow, ah, yeah. right. So you're in the physical. So you're a bit yeah. of a kind of you could easily get a part in Chicago, Chicago Med, maybe if you're offered the, a role. <laughs> Yeah, pretty. I pretty well will. <laughs> I just say that because I watch it. Sorry, uh, right. I'm a, a, a Chicago uh, series, Chicago one uh, fan. I have to say, Chicago Fire. So anyway, um, that was a really sly, uh, sarcastic wave. But any apologies right. on that. But no, no. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, no. Um, joking aside, no, that's great. It's good to be. It's a hard job. I have worked in the hospital myself. Uh, yeah. I used to be a nurse's assistant, so I have been also worked in theatres so uh, certainly I do know I have been yeah, cleaning up from pickling specimens right. to uh, other things but we'll leave one going to that for our listeners <laughs> just in case they uh, right. get, gross, guess get grossed out um, <laughs> but all's good but uh, anyway so that's good let's talk about so let's go into your life let's go into growing up uh, where were you 
brought up schooling and obviously we had a brief chat offline and talk about your what was the traumatic experience in your life but let's start with life growing up and was it good bad or indifferent until you had that episode and what is obviously brought to you why you're an author now but we'll come to that down the line so on you go awesome well i grew up in silas alabama that's where i'm from where you only have no grocery stores and one gas station and everybody goes to the convenience store for walmart that's the walmart um, and we grew up in a very rural area. We was a 1A school. That's how small we was. But we were also state champions every year. Um, and that was that was as exciting being a part of that, um, growing up and learning uh, survival, you know, because we didn't have a lot of stuff that we have now, you know. And I, w- I grew up having a black and white TV. I grew up with the antenna on the outside. I grew up... Um, feeding the hogs and going out and getting eggs in the chicken coop. You know, I grew up having to be outside and find something to do, whether it's swinging on a branch or playing hopscotch or something. We didn't have electronics. Okay. We didn't have stuff to sit in front of like we do now to to take up time. We had to go out and make stuff happen. And where family was really family back then. They were more closer. We would visit more and everything was more sentimental than it is now. Um, And I grew up in that area and I grew up, you know, my dad being a pastor and my mom being a preacher. So I'm a church girl. They called me church girl in school. And I grew up my whole life in church. That's all I knew was church and God. And I I didn't grow up around um, bad people. I was not around violence, none of that kind of things. And when I was um, younger, I had went through a childhood experience from the age eight to 15 um, by being molested by one of my family members. And it was because, you know, when your parents are working and you go stay with family members and you trust these family members, well, this family member you think you think you can trust, you really couldn't trust. And it took me to a place of I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know how to tell my parents. I actually released um, released that I was molested last year and I'm 37 years old. So I've wow. carried this for a long time from eight to the age 36 when I finally released it. And it makes you look at life a different way. It makes you look at life. um, You have to trust yourself more and trust God more, but guard your heart more. It makes you look at life. And it formed the way I began to mother my children. It formed um, me being able to, I'm self-taught as a graphic designer. Um, The Lord gifted me to do that. I didn't go to school for any of the stuff I do except for the medical field. But everything else that I do is straight gift from God himself. He taught me, he trained me at home because I told the Lord, I don't want to go in the workforce field and leave my children with somebody and somebody touch my children or molest my children. So I sacrificed my life of working before I went into the medical field I sacrificed my life of working as an at-home mother, as an entrepreneur, and I and I generated and created revenue to take care of my children as being a Proverbs 31 woman. I used what I had in my hands, I used what I had in my head, and I used what I had in my heart to provide for my children because I didn't want the cycle to repeat. Knowing that you're a generational curse breaker, the cycle stops with me. I went through the trauma so my children don't have to experience and they don't have to live an adulthood life trying to heal from a childhood experience. So if you don't mind me asking, who was the relative that was the cause the did the action? Yes, yes, it was a relative. Um yes. actually and and it's a person of um 
quote unquote, high caliber in God. So you're saying you're a minister and you're a pastor and you're a preacher, but then you're doing things behind the scene that the church people don't see. And so, and, but when you, when you try to sound the alarm, like I did last year, and then you have people that overlook it and brush stuff under the rug, that's what a lot that's going on now. And these days people overlook so much stuff. And that's why I'm so firm as an advocate for molestation of, of knowing the signs when your children are at these homes, if they don't want to go to uncle house, if they don't want to go to auntie house, you know, it's a reason why your children are saying, listen to your children because it's a reason behind their actions. A lot of times they may talk about the little girl. She's fast. They call, you know, old people will call it. She's just being fast. No, she's just being molested and it's causing her to develop in an area that she's not supposed to be developing early in. So you have to know the signs of molestation, of incest, childhood trauma, abuse, all of that. That's why it's very important in this season to know who you leaving your children with. So how did that affect your, well, I mean, from eight, for the best part of seven years of your life, how did that affect your faith as, as, a, uh, as a young age? Because you can't, it must have been, you must have felt pretty it, numb. Um, it grew my faith more actually um it brought me closer to god because i knew in that place with him was a safe place okay and i knew he wasn't gonna hurt me i knew i can trust him with my secrets i knew i can trust him with the things that was bothering me so it actually strengthened my faith now a lot of times when people go through things of that nature it weakens their faith and they they turn away from god because they blame god and like, God, where were you? God, why didn't you stop it from happening? You know, it's a God, why thing? It's a God, why thing? But me was different. It was like, okay, God, I need you. God, I'm, I'm pulling closer to you because if I'm close to you, then I'm not going to be hurt. So my, it strengthened, it actually strengthened my faith and it actually activated the purposes and where I'm walking as today is because of what I went through. I am the woman I am today. So going through from basically from fifteen when it stopped, or around about fifteen, um, what what were you doing? I mean, were you still at school? Did you work? Did you leave school early? Did you go go to work? What did you do? I can't hear your question. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, what when you at fifteen? Obviously, it must have stopped roughly when you're fifteen. This the abuse, and right. uh, what happened next in your life, or what did you just obviously to not. I mean, to not tell about it in the best part of uh, nearly 50 or well, 20 years, 20 odd years later, what did, how did right. you, what did you I mean to ca- to carry that burden? I mean, how did you, <laughs> to, I mean, 15 and you've, right. okay, it stopped, but what did you, did you get, did you stay in school? Did you carry on yeah, working? Did. Did you, what was yep, your next, I- what happened in your life from there? I did. I stayed in school. I completed um, high school and I went to college um, for nursing and I was able to channel what I was feeling um, for is the uh, the pain and and the violation. And I channeled that and put it into my purpose. So my pain actually pushed me to purpose. If it wasn't for me going through that, it wouldn't have pushed me to want to know okay, there's more to life than this. You know, there's there's more to life than what I went through. And I can be the voice that speaks up and speaks out against what's going on and not being able, you know, to hide it. So I just began to, like I said, channel my energy into what the Lord um, has for me to do. I began to be that 
life coach. That's how I became a life coach and a relationship coach and a success coach and identity. You know, I help people understand when you're dealing with broken identity, because I had a broken identity. But when you allow God to come in and, and your support team and your support system to come in and help you come to that place of wholeness, then that's what the Lord has for me to do in this season. So when I went through all of that and, and came out, I was um, I was a loner. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hang out with a lot of people. I didn't trust. It messed my trust up with people in, and as a totality, you know, it was like, I always thought somebody was, you know, either going to hurt me or hurt my children or something. So it, it made me put a, a shield up and not let people in. And that can be good. And that can be bad. Cause sometimes if you have a shield so high, then you turn away the people that want to be there for you. So it was, I had that ch- I challenge there and I really had to balance um, allowing my faith to do the work for me. Not what I saw physically, but what was on the inside of me because I knew there was much more to me than what I've been through. Okay. So uh, when you finished school, uh, what did you do? What was, did you go to college? Did you go to university or did you straight into a job? What was your kind of next step from education-wise? Yes, I went to, uh, well, and back up. When I first graduated high school, I went and got a job. And the first job I got, I was 18 years old, was actually in management. So I was a manager over 22 employees. I had no no experience because I'm an entry level person coming in, but I carried the anointing and I carried the characteristic of a person of leadership because I exemplified that through school. And when I went to apply for this job, I started out as a cashier and within two weeks, they moved me to manager of a store and me hiring my high school friends because they needed a job. So I was their superior. So that that even challenged me the more to be able to step into leadership. And I'm 18. And I have no experience. That's how I know if God got something for you to do and if it's meant for you to do something of purpose, you don't need experience when you got favor. You don't need experience when God has already called and chose you to do something and to be this person. You just need to trust who you are. Well, that's a bit, it's an amazing step to your first job from a couple of weeks to kind of stepping into a big role. It's not most people have to work for years just to get that. Right. Um, but as, 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 so how long were you in this job for uh, you started? I worked there from um, 2002 when I graduated to 2004 because the company ended up merging with another company that was almost two hours from where I lived. So I didn't want to make that transition as far as uh, regional. So after I did that is when I went to school. Um, First, I became a CNA, a nursing assistant. I went for phlebotomy. Uh, and then I went back to be a medical assistant with x-ray tech EKG specialties so I can start working with heart doctors to help them understand, you know, uh, read the EKGs and what's happening in the heart and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like a progression. And then I began to work as a life coach for intellectual disability people at a place called CCARC. And it was um, people, I developed plans and goals for them, even though their IQs were lower than ours because of their disability, they're still people serve and they deserve a life, just a normal life, just like we have. So we would develop strategies and coaching strategies to help them, um, accomplish small goals. It could be, I want to manage $50 this week, or it could be, I want to be able to go sit in a, and ride in a Mustang. I don't know. Whatever they wanted, we made it happen because they deserve to be treated equally just like we deserve. 
Wow, we'll take a two-second break for those who are listening on the podcast. Uh, just to shout out to the people who support the Ramsey and Lee's Going Beyond Borders podcast. We've got Eileen Smith from EileenSmith.com. Uh, she's in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm privileged to meet her a few years ago. Uh, we've got uh, Zakia Ringgold, who lives in uh, Philly as well. It's natural soap by Zakia Ifia Lethem from Frame Your Day Wear. And she's in Toronto, Canada. Um, also, Brent Mann from BrentMannMusic.com. Um, also got out of East Pelzer, who's in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Uh, also got many, many other people like Benita Charles from Benita Charles Music, who support the show, and they like who basically, yeah, we support them and what they do. Uh, so it's also good to have these connections and people. So we're going to come back to our, my guest. It's a brief summary. We've talked about brief our education, and obviously that she was molested uh, from between the age of eight and fifteen. And we're basically going to talk about the. Uh, she, it's taken us basically over twenty, just about twenty-two years. Um, over uh, 22 years to basically uh, finally bring that out and we will come into the nitty gritty when that decision made was made but we're just talking at the moment about her work, education and work at the moment so let's get back to you Natasha so that what um, why why you've obviously got it sounds like you've got kids so uh, life <laughs> from basically work from working to uh Obviously, you didn't want to travel to the because the company merged. What did you? What was your next? You obviously you've been training. You're working in as a nursing assistant. You've obviously learning working in many many different parts of the hospital to uh, basically educate yourself and get the experience and work with people and especially being a sort of self taught life coach through your own experience. So why did you want to sort of go down the life coaching role, or what made you? Did you fall into it, or did you kind of? just want to do it well i've all i've always been a conflict resolution person since i was a kid okay i'm always about finding answers to stuff and i want to solve it i want to fix it and i don't want you to stay in the same place when you can do something better that's the mentality that i've had since i was a little girl and my dad told me that he says you're very competitive when it comes to wanting what's right for people and wanting people to do better and so i think that kind of um because I was always a leader in school. Even though I was a loner, I was a leader. I wasn't a follower. I was, you know, we would play recess and I don't want to play kickball because I'm a psalmist. I sing. I want to sing. Okay, let me get a choir together and I'm not going to play no kickball, but we're going to sing today. That's the kind of person I was. I would take over um, the atmosphere and 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 take lead and take the role, um, the role of the lead and actually bring people together to make things happen. And as I got older, I, I knew that became a part of who I was. It was it was not just like a habit. I mean, not like a um, hobby. It was a lifestyle. It became a lifestyle of mine. And everywhere I go and went, I found myself falling into leadership, falling into, okay, let's, let's sit down, let's talk about it, let's come up with a resolution. Um, because it, even as a coach, and I tell my clients, I'll listen to you complain one time. You can vent all day long. But the second time is solutions. We're talking about solutions. We're not going to keep talking about the same thing because it does no good if you're not, if you're a person um, that wants an answer, but you don't want action. You just want an answer. So you have to move from the place of wanting the answer to the place of, I need action now. Now I've, I've complained, I've talked about it, I've been it, you know, and so that's what helped me get to this point of being a life coach um, is because I want to help you as a guide and be that, um, that, 
the experience and that wisdom of godly counsel, because the Bible tells us we ought to seek godly counsel. You don't, everybody can't counsel you. Okay. Everybody don't have wisdom. They just collect a paycheck and keep going. But when you got somebody who's passionate, I'll counsel people and they don't pay me a dime because I'm not worried about your money. I'm more concerned about your life and your destiny, where you're going, than your money in your pocket. And that's how you know the difference between now money is the answer to all things. Don't get me wrong, but that's how you know when you're passion driven and not profit driven. There you go. So, so what point did you get to your, uh, what, you obviously have you've written a book now. When did you start, did you write the book after your decision of coming out regarding the molestation or was that before? It was after, after the fact. Right. Um, I always knew I was a writer because I'm a journal creator. I do, I do create planners and journals because I teach about organization, how to organize and how to plan your life for success. And so I began to write in these journals. I began to journal my life. And the Lord told me, he says, every journal is a book. He told me that. He says, every journal is a book. So if you can journal your life, take that journal, take it to the editor and have them convert it to a book. And you have your book. You don't have to do all that hard thinking and try to come up with nothing when you're consistently writing your life and, you know, writing what happened today. And this is how I felt because people lives are changed by our stories and we can only tell our story how we know it. So if you never tell your story, then somebody else's breakthrough of freedom is tied to you being obedient and releasing that book. So I had to be obedient to release because if I would have held on to it, somebody would have never got free. So during, obviously, what, were you journaling for a while, for a long time? I've been journaling, oh, since I was probably about eight years old. So when this all started? Yeah. And When I when I became, started um, to be molested, when it started to write. Right. So when you're journaling, I mean, did you, I mean, I'm guessing you went through some form, did you go through some form of depression? I was never depressed. I was more disappointed. But right. I never fell into depression as to, you know, suicidal thoughts or my life is not worth. And I, I never went that deep. But I was disappointed because when you think what should be love inside of, you know, family and, and love what God says, and then you experience the opposite, it makes you question a lot of things and it makes you uh, question whether or not have you seen truth the whole time or have you seen tradition? Okay. What kind of church? Don't mind me asking. What kind of church was it that you were brought up in? I was brought up in Pentecostal and and um holiness. So yes. Right, okay, that's cool. That's always curious. I'm, I'm different. Uh, <laughs> some Pentecostals over there in America to here are very different. There's a different sort of right. Baptist, different to Baptist and things and that. So there's a mixture, a mixed bag in different denominations, even the, the same title, but there's a slight difference uh, between the cultures of America and the UK, basically. To certain right. and how things are done, but this is basically a common denominator in some way. So, <laughs> so what do you, what do you, are you still at a Pentecostal or are you not? I'm non denominational. So, as, as there is no such thing. I'm just God, just kingdom. And I don't have a title behind it. Um, a fellowship with Caucasian, Mexicans, it don't matter, blue, red, yellow, purple. All souls matter in this state, in this time. Yeah, all souls matter. I like, that's how I like it. Uh, all those titles can be a bit frustrating. It's too <laughs> much. Yeah, it's just like, okay. <laughs> so, right. So what got you self-teaching graphic design? What kind of stuff have you done in that department? 
Uh, I've done uh, every. Uh, I do all my flyers. I do all my promo videos. I do um, flyers for other people. I do um, speaker sheets. Uh, I do connect cards for ministries. Uh, pop up and uh, stuff and repeat banners. Um, I help people develop their brand, get their brand color, their brand scheme, their brand font, uh, because you want visibility. So, and and I've done that because. Um, as being a single mother, I didn't have the money and I didn't have the support and I didn't have all of the stuff that I needed. And the Lord told me, he sat me on the couch one day and he says, you are going to start creating your own content. And I said, I don't even know where to start. And believe it or not, I don't own a laptop because I was never able to afford to get a laptop. Everything that I do is from my cell phone. Wow. That can't be easy. <laughs> Literally with yeah, yourself. So <laughs> think about that. Because you're limited, you're limited from a, a, a desktop or a laptop. Yes. You can, yes, you have more freedom, but with uh, right. just on your phone, you're kind of limited to what you can do. Even, yes. even though they are, do do a lot, but you're still limited, basically. So, yes. so, so how, tell us, um, you've obviously got kids. So, how did this all, what part of your life did that all materialize? Were you um, obviously in a relationship of some sort? Because they don't just they don't just grow in trees, unfortunately. And, and I pardon, but yeah, you obviously uh, been in some sort of relationship uh, at some point to have kids. Uh, I mean, you're you happy to talk about that? Yeah, I was married twice. I got married actually at 18 when I first graduated high school, oh, okay. and I stayed married for 10 years. Um, wow. I stayed married for 10 years, and I have two children by my first husband. Um, okay. And then we separated because life happens. You end up growing apart um, when one person is growing and the other person is still, you know, kind of on that level. We decided, you know, it's best if we just co-parent and move forward. And so I got remarried to my youngest daughter's dad and we stayed married like a year. Um, but I went through a lot with that marriage and my only way out was divorce or death. I can t- take my pick. And so I choose to be able to separate and be able to still um, communicate and raise our daughter. And I've only been married twice. I've not been married in six years. So I've been single for six years, but I've been with God and I've been in my purpose and I've been training my children and teaching them entrepreneurship skills and financial management and the things that I was not taught and I did not know. And everything that I've been through was for my children so that they can have a chance and not fall in a trap house and feel like they left and they stuck and don't know what's going on where they got a mother that God has blessed to do a lot of things. And I'm going to teach you what I know. It's up to you to to apply it in the application part, but you will have the teaching part of what life consists of and how to move about so they can be successful. Um, and I am setting them up to be entrepreneurs, to have their own businesses. They don't have to be grown to have a business. You can have a business now. And I'm, I'm letting them um, being able to be expressive, to be able to walk in their element and be who they are and not who I want them to be. Cause a lot of parents do that. They want to make their children do this and that, but I give my children a freedom of speech to tell me, who do you think you are? What is it that you want to do? What you think your purpose is? Cause I want to know. And it makes a difference. Okay, that's that's good. When you said uh, regarding, you said when on your second marriage that you had a child either dying or splitting up was a physic. Was there abuse involved? Um, there was some abuse involved, but it was more emotional abuse. 
um, and mental abuse and um, lack of support. We was just on two different levels. And if you're if you're stressed out to that level, you can stress yourself to a, a death. You can stress yourself to a heart attack. You can stress yourself to a place of being confined in a hospital because women, we have different toxins that release in the body. And once you activate, you know, the endorphins and all the toxins, it can work against you than for you. So I had to pick a choice. Am I going to be stressed out in this relationship, in this marriage and and die of a heart attack or die of some massive disease or something? Or am I going to see it for what it is, a surface value? What you see is what you get and take it and learn the lesson. And once I learn the lesson, how do I move forward? Not not an easy choice to make, especially when how long was the second marriage? Was it? Not that long it was about years. a year, about thirteen months. Yeah. It's not even. Yeah, yeah. You got three kids, or two. You got three kids in total. I had I had two children with him, uh, and I lost one of my sons. I was nine months pregnant right, when okay. I lost him, and um, and then we had Ava. Right. Okay. So you have, right got you now. Got you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not easy to go through a miscarriage. Uh, sorry to hear that, especially in yeah. nine months, uh, close to the full term. You know. Um, yeah. So tell us at what stage when you decided to basically admit what happened in your life with the molestation what into that kind of been an easy obviously you knew you had to do it to be feel free and more released i mean what was the process going through your head um well i was in a whole place i wasn't in a broken place when i released it so the only thought i could i could think of was all the lives that i was going to be able to help impact and help them learn how to up to activate their voice and to come off mute because so many people are on mute because of what people might think, what family might feel about them. But when you get delivered from the opinions of people and you don't care what nobody think about you is what God say, it allows you to step into a place of freedom. And it took me that long to actually walk in forgiveness, to forgive my abuser and to understand, to look at him through the lens of God and say, okay, even though he done what he done, it's still a soul. I still have to give grace. I still have to love him. Um, like Christ loved the church. That's a hard thing to do. But when you get in that place with God and he gives you that place of peace and wholeness, you're able to look at the enemy and still bless those that cursed you. It certainly takes a lot to do. <laughs> uh, and I can connect you, with, if you're interested, I can connect you with people in the same boat to have been through molestation through family members and psychological abuse in their podcast if you want to be on their podcast i can hook you up if that interests you in any way so and you can talk if you want to share your story especially their okay. authors as well uh, so tell us um you obviously wrote a book by as soon as you decided to sort this out and release when you started writing the book it was just basically the journal you just literally call your journals and then gave them to the editor and said <laughs> Do we need to cross a few T's and dots and whatever? And uh, right. So obviously, Um, yes, this specific project was actually I'm on two or three projects. One's getting ready to release actually this month called "The Lesson in Me." Um, But I was on refine. I mean, um, pennant and focus and align were two anthologies compiled by me and other authors, and we have the chance to write a chapter in the book. So I wrote a chapter in um, Focus and Align called Refined Under Prophetic Pressure. And what it feels like to be under the pressure, just like a diamond goes under pressure, but the value goes up. 
So when you're under pressure in life and you're under what you're going through, if you can maintain that heat element of being refined, then imagine how much your value increases with your destiny and your purpose. And it and it shapes and it makes you. So you don't get crushed through the process. A diamond becomes valuable because of heat. So you become valuable because of heat. That's good. Good analogy. That's good. I didn't know that about a diamond, actually. Something else. You learn something every day. <laughs> so <laughs> something I didn't know. <laughs> so but so tell us, just tell us a bit. Can you give us a bit of an insight to your first book or just what's in it or the content? People if people were to buy it. Yes. Well, it talks about that's that's the first book when it talks about being refined on the um, prophetic pressure and to take the pressure and to take the refining um, seasons in your right. life right. and apply right. that to your life so that you can right. elevate and manifest. And then what pen it was a project that I'd done based on COVID-19 that it was a, a divine setup because I right. feel like the Lord allows certain things to happen to bless us. But in the midst of it, sometimes the good comes with the bad there in life. Death happens. Um, it's a part of transition. It's a part of life. I'll talk about grieving, how people are to grieve um, because the Bible says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And we have to learn in our seasons when we lose people in the natural, we gain them in the heavens and in the spirit realm. So it's actually not a loss. It's a gain. And they're waiting so we can be rejoined again together because this earth is going to fade away. It's going to pass over. It's not no longer going to be here. And we have to get to that point to understand when we're going through these different pandemics and epidemics that God still has a plan and, and purpose, even though a loved one may be going on or you may have lost you know, somebody close to you, we hold on to the memories and we learn to embrace the memory. That way, when they do go ahead and transition, you have that memory so you can go ahead and live your life. That's, that's very true. Psalm 91. <laughs> if you, yeah. which basically, which covers... Uh, pretty much what's happened in the last year, <laughs> Sam yeah. 91, um, yes. and Refuge. But yeah, so what else do you do apart from graphic design, being working in the hospital, uh, and writing a book? What else, other stuff do you do? Um, actually, I work for a company called Urgently. I work at night from 10 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. And I process um, like roadside assistance for Volvo, Mercedes-Benz and BMW. So I actually they send uh, over the uh, PO orders to me and I make sure that they get the services that they need, that they're not abandoned, that they're cars hasn't been broken into, um, that they're not in, they're in a safe neighborhood. So basically I get all the insurance and the JM job management claims and I like doing it. And I, I love what I do because it's a solution to the problem and it's real time. We're the only company that has real time roadside assistance. So we track the driver from the time they place the order and it's a GPS system until the time he gets to that client. So that client can be assured that somebody is always on the way and not just saying I'm on the way, but we have real life tracking as to how many minutes he's from you with the ETA. ETA is um, what can you expect? Who's coming? We have the name of the driver, the phone number of the driver. Everything is real time, and it makes it so much easier that you can pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I'm stranded. I need a winch service," and we can find a service provider for you and get somebody out there for you to help you. So, if you own a Volvo and you're stuck in the Alabama area, you might yeah. get just get Natasha Jones uh, answering your call <laughs> and say, "Help! <laughs> I'm gonna. <I've> got, <laughs> my, my, my Volvo's not working." <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I ain't going, I ain't, I'm not going anywhere fast at the moment. No. So, so uh, if you could kindly get, uh, anyway, bring, yeah, bring, bring a man right. in a, a, a luminous yellow jacket, please, so I can uh, get yeah. some help. That would be appreciated. So, so, <laughs> hell, I'm stuck. So, yeah, I know, right? Well, the, and it helps. It actually teaches me as a woman. Yeah. Uh, because when you're dealing with cars, people think classify, you You know, a man deal yeah. with the car. But I have opportunity to know what winch service is, if you need skates, if you need dollies, if you need a wheel lift, like special equipment. So I'm learning some stuff, okay? That's good. That's, good. that's, that's a good thing. That's where we go. There's actually a Volvo garage not far from where I am, actually. There's a Volvo car sales garage. Okay. It's specifically, it used to be Jaguar, actually. Yeah. They vacated. And moved, and now it's now Volvo. So that is a, I will, next time I'm driving past, I'm past it, I'll take a photograph for, for you and send it to you. So you can, uh, just for the sake of sending it to you, a picture of a Volvo garage and go, Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen one of them before. <laughs> sorry. Right. sorry, I'm just uh, <laughs> being a little bit right. sarcastic. I'm being a little bit sarcastic there. Apologies. Oh, that's um, fine. There's a little bit. <laughs> um, but that's cool. So, well, you, I think did you not mention you do music or something? You're into music? I think we chatted off. Yes, yes, music. I, it was racking my brains and what we chatted about briefly before. <laughs> so, music. Tell us about your music. I am a worship psalmist. Uh, I do have an album coming out. It's supposed to be released in September. Called um, single. It's called So Amazing. I'm a drummer. I teach vocals, and I'm also a keyboardist. So I grew up doing those things. Those were gifts that I had, and I just carried them on. Even my children have the traits. My uh, middle daughter is a drummer as well, and my um, youngest daughter she works with dance and actually vocal because I teach dance as well. So it's a lot, you know, to it, and to whom much is given, much is required. I want people out there to listen, to understand if God is giving you much, he requires much. That means he trusts you at what you're going to do. He has faith in you at what you're going to do, that you're going to bless somebody else. And you're going to each one teach one, each one reach one. You're not going to be selfish and hold these gifts to yourself. And but you're going to go out and, and pass the baton and pull somebody else up with you. And so me being a worship psalmist, it allows me to be in that atmosphere um, to where I can just, I can worship and I can help um, people have the most amazing God experience they ever had because that's their intimate time with God. That's their moment. That's their worship. And you don't take that from them. And God trusts, you know, specific people with that. Everybody's not a worshiper. Some people are just entertainers, but no, everybody's not in that place to where they need something from God and I need to get intimate with him and get in that place with him of worship and just laying it all out. There you go. So what's your looking at, obviously with the year, obviously with the year we've all had and we are at pretty much the light is at the end of the tunnel. Once everyone, well, whether you're uh, I've like to get vaccinated or not. Um, what is your looking forward? And uh, what's your sort of goals? Obviously we're not, the world is not really 100% out of COVID yet, in a sense. It's mm -hmm. still, there's still restrictions in place. But when things are more technically to 100% as best as possible, back to normal, um, what are your sort of goals and what do you want? To, what's, you, where do you see, what's your sort of plans for the future, for the next couple of years, or when you are able to physically, through when the, the governments of the, of the world let release us all officially? <laughs> um, well, my future goals and plans are to do more um, conferences and workshops, um, working with the youth. I have a project coming 
called the Gen Z Project. And what I'm going to be doing is, is helping teach, cultivate, and shape our millennials because this is our future now. We need to be teaching them now and having opportunities for them now. We don't need to wait till they're 18 and 19 and try to teach them because they're going to be grown. Okay. So that's what I, I my focus is going to be more um, steered to the young people and the younger generation. And eventually I would love to have a resource center called Faith Space to where they can come and get entry-level resume building. They can get, um, you know, life coaching sessions. They can be able to walk in their freedom of their gifts and talents, have talent night, have game night. It's just fellowship with other millennials to help them understand and know their purpose. So that I want this resource center and this division God gave me so that they can come to a safe place and get the help that they need. What's your, do you see yourself not traveling out with the USA? Yeah, globally, I, I need to get my passport like now. <laughs> uh, people have been telling me, girl, you need to get your passport. And it's like, I've never flown before. So I'm afraid to fly. But I know I, that's a fear um, that I have to overcome. And I know I will. I'll drive. I don't care if it takes me two weeks to get there. I will drive. But um, the flying thing, that's that's one of my goals is to be able to get on that plane and be okay and, and trust that it's not going to crash. I'm going to get to where I'm going because there's something in me that a lot of people need and they need truth and they need realness and they need authenticity because we have so many people faking it until they make it. You don't want to fake it till you make it. You want to faith it to, and then you will make it. Not until you know you will make it, but you have to walk by faith and not by what you see. So that's yeah. my that's my main thing is to get out there and get the word out there and to spread Jesus, spread love and, and help people overcome identity crisis. There is many, many people out there who have a mask on who pretend to be somebody they're not. And mm -hmm. uh, yes, and it's quite sometimes it's more they think they're they think they're sort of not being noticed that they're being very fake, that it's very obvious that they're fake. So right. it's more, more easier to see than you think. And they think they think, oh, great, this kind of persona. But then before you know it, you go, yes. <laughs> so you kind of see right. it very quickly. It's amazing what you can see. Uh, through your spiritual eyes, basically. So that's what you can do. Um, so basically, I mean, Scotland is. Uh, you ever would you ever think see yourself in Scotland? This is a, a yeah for you. Hey, if the opportunity presents itself and the Lord say go, I'm going. <laughs> I'm gonna need one person to go travel with me, but I am coming, and yes. I have to do what he he needs me to do because it's mm -hmm. all about um impact and not infection. A lot of people are going around traveling and they're just busy bodies, but they're not productive and they're not making an impact. They're just infecting people. But it, it, this season, it's time for impact. Um, and the only way to do that is to go out there and share your story. And hopefully somebody grabs it and say, you know what, I've been through that. If you can make it, I can make it. So when, when did you discover, when does your album come out? It comes out in September. So September. So that's good. Well, I can connect you. I mean, I, which might help you for next year. Uh, certainly, uh, I think well, one thing is the Edinburgh Festival is a good place to come, especially for if you're saying I can certainly right. connect up with areas which should be good and other artists uh, which have cool. somebody I can connect with is Claudia Santiago, who's been to Edinburgh Festival. Uh, uh -huh. She's a good. She's in Canada. She's um, and where's she again? She's mountain time anyway. I can't remember exactly where she is, but mountain time anyway. I know she's in Canada. Uh, but um and she is she's been she'd be a good connection. 
especially okay. just for the sake of if you wanted to come whatever wanted to come over next year uh, and I could hook you up with some churches or there's a church there's a uh, church in Edinburgh called Crubbers Christian Centre which did a thing called a, it's like a Christian it's like a cafe for the festival and it Sounds might be good to sing your psalms and maybe there's the odd other place I could certainly connect you with that you maybe get the opportunity to come and perform or experience something different uh, yeah. that's for next year but who knows we'll see when the door opens for you <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's t tell people where can they connect with you if they wanted to connect with you and have a conversation or whatever buy your <laughs> book or whatever yeah okay <laughs> Uh, the books, Focus, Stand Online, and Pennant are on Amazon. You can go purchase them on Amazon, whether ebook or paperback, or you can order them through me if you want an autograph signed copy. I can definitely get you that to your um, to your mailing. And you can contact me on Facebook, um, Natasha Jones, and you can contact me on Instagram, Natasha Jones. Those are the only two platforms that I have that's easy to manage, okay? And it is, that's time-consuming. And everybody knows you on Facebook, you know, and I'm not all about the the popularity or, you know, the celebrity or whatever. I'm all about community and purpose. And I feel like if people is looking for, um, they're looking for an answer or a solution or just somebody to encourage them or empower them or motivate them. I am your purpose pusher. I will push you and, and have you believing in things that you never thought you would believe in because I believe in you. I want you to believe. There we go. So Facebook and yeah, so you can, you can connect. We'll have the links for where you can in the in the show notes of the podcast where you can connect and you can buy the book and Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, and you need to send me send me a picture you want me to use. So for the little poster, so logo yeah. thingy, magic podcast icon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so okay. I can uh, as well do. And uh, yeah, so well, I think we'll. I think yeah, I think we'll, anything else you want to say just to wrap up at all. I just want to encourage people um, to become legendary on purpose um, and to be a legacy. We are to be fruitful and multiply. That means we are to go out and replenish the earth. We are to fill it, not take away from it. Um, if you see um, you make a hole, you fill a hole. Just say if your finances are not where they should be and you spent you know, money, then you fill that hole with your purpose and what God has to do. What do you have in your hands that you can use and, and put to the plow and generate revenue? Because um, Deuteronomy 8 tells us we are wealth, money-making madness. That means he's given us the power to generate wealth. He's given us the power to create wealth. It's up to us to do it with the 24 hours, seven days a week that God gives us. So either you're going to have a pity party or you're going to have a praise party and a celebration as said, I'm going to take my 24 hours, seven days a week, and I'm going to execute and apply it. And I'm going to manifest what the Lord has for me to do by walking in my element, walking in my truth and living this thing out unapologetically. Do not apologize for what God has called you to do. There you go. So I want to thank you to my guest. And Tasha Jones, all the way from Alabama. And uh, thank you. So, as I say, if you, uh, if you have, you can buy her book. If you have a Volvo, uh, you can feel free and give her a call. I'm sure she'll help you out. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. Uh, but uh, as I say, it's great that she, what she does with the experience of working in the hospital and, uh, and basically how what she's been through in her life and not getting too down about it, but actually at least carrying on and, let, and literally thriving on her experience in a sense to literally beat it and not let her just crumble and that's one good thing and it's it does sometimes it does take the best part of 20 odd years to uh be free and release and uh yeah i mean we're grateful for that we thank you that she has basically taken the time to basically 
uh, be free and now help it and wants, simply just wants to help others through her experience and simply just to yeah be of a I'm just some like a, a shining light that God wants her to be and the whole point in life is you want to invest in yourself and uh, and you'll see where God takes you in life and that's the thing yeah. if you don't invest in yourself you will not see where you're going to go and you'll not see the fruits of what he has for you so that's the, what's important in life uh, and we just thank you for Natasha and her life and what she's gone through and how that she's now a walking uh, walking witness to what she's been through that, that God has is doing through her now and is going to do her with her in the future and we just thank you for that so thank you for being on the show and thank you for your time and uh, yes. wish everybody who's been listening or on the podcast uh, to the next one and if you're interested in coming on and chatting about your life and simply sharing your story to inspire people give me a shout and uh, connect with me on Facebook and you can yeah we can have a chat but anyway thank you and I'll uh, we will be catch everybody later for those who have uh, been listening and we'll till next time Bye for now.